Radio Elk Grove. He wants sweeping change to the school board. Does Elk Grove Unified need that kind of leadership? Welcome to Radio Elk Grove, Elk Grove's only internet radio magazine. I'm your host, Denny Gomez. Thanks for tuning in. In this edition, Carmen Fertina wants to see big changes in the way our school district does business, from funding, leadership, communication, even where they sit. Fortina has little positive to say about the school board. Is this the change we need? Meet the candidate, Carmen Fortina, on today's Radio Elk Road. Let's look into it together. If you appreciate Radio Elk Grove, help us get the word out. Just click the Facebook, G+, or Twitter links at the bottom of the post and share this post with your friends. Friend us, follow us, join our circle. Just search for Radio Elk Grove. The more who listen, the more we can do to bring Elk Grove to you. It's a hard message. Whatever's going well in our schools is to the credit of teachers or staff. And whatever is not going well is the fault of the school board. That's the view of Carmen Forchina, candidate for EGUSD Board of Trustees, Area 7. Forchina is running as an outsider. Though on the ballot, Forchina is running against incumbent Al Roulette and former parent-faculty organization president and mother of three, Teresa Beals, Forchina's true opponent is the whole EGUSD school board and their track record. Presently in retirement from over 30 years as an educational administrator and teacher in Santa Clara County, Forchina has plenty of opinions on what's wrong and how things should be done and he's under no illusions about the difficulties he faces in promoting change. We spoke to Mr. Forchina at his Sacramento home, where his wife Susie makes a great cup of coffee. He told us why he was in the race. So, Mr. Forchina, what has called you to run for office at this time? Okay. Over the, uh, the last uh, several years, uh, I have seen the impact of the board's decisions on my own grandchildren's classrooms, on the classrooms of friends' children's, and in the classrooms where I substitute. I've seen an increase of class size. I've seen a decrease of resources available for teachers to meet the learning needs of kids. I've seen the decrease in materials available for the teachers. I've seen how the board's uh, negative relationships with all staff through, through the bargaining process and the way in which they approach that has impacted morale. And because of my extensive background in education, uh, I decided that, that I was going to uh, try to use that experience uh, on behalf of all the kids in the school district. And so uh, in May, I, I decided that I would become a candidate for the Board of Education. What do you see as the major challenges our schools are facing in the next four years, which would be the, you know, your first term? There are several things I'd, I would like to do. Um, first of all, I, I believe it's, it's critically important for the board to have... Uh, good communication 
and a good working relationship with the community. And I believe that the community needs to be a participant with the board in determining what the priorities of the district has been. This board has not done that, and they've not done any kind of outreach to include the community. So uh, one of the challenges I see, and it's one of the things I would really pursue, would be to uh, conduct uh, area-wide meetings uh, within the seven areas so that people could indeed have an opportunity to participate in the development of of the priorities for the district. The second thing I would do uh, would be to conduct board meetings in the seven areas so that, again, uh, the community could participate at a a higher level than they participate now instead of having all the meetings just at the district office, which really precludes a lot of people from attending. So, So... uh, involving the community and the development of priorities that would set the direction for the district I see is important. Mm-hmm. Making good fiscal decisions uh, I also uh, see as a, as, a, as a challenge and something that uh, I have the background and the ability to do. Once again, that calls for openness. It calls for honesty. It calls for good communication. And from that perspective... Uh, I I would not only want all board agendas to be online, but all the backup materials. And any time there is uh, an important issue that's going to be addressed, to to put that in the in the school newsletter so the parents have good communication. In terms of addressing the fiscal issues, what I am a proponent of is what's called zero-based budgeting, and, and that is that instead of the administrators uh, building their budget on the preceding year's budget, just in, a, in other words, just an automatic kind of a process, that they would have to start with zero. They don't have funding. And they would have to support everything they ask for with data. And that data needs to show how what they do impacts student learning. And if they can do that, fine, it's a funded activity. If not, it's a non-funded activity. That's a way to get dollars uh, out of programs so that you can redirect those dollars to fund your priorities. Again, to me, the priority should be what's driving the system. And this, this board does has never had that kind of an activity where they work with the community to develop their priorities because then, then when you have difficult fiscal times, you already have a relationship with all the stakeholders, and you already have a direction. You can change the direction if you need to, but at least you have those priorities that have been, joint, been jointly developed, and you have a direction to take. So, so I see that as a, as a really important item also. Third challenge would be to um, uh, bring about positive board staff relations. Again, the way in which this board behaved over the last few years uh, the district has has really poor poor morale. Uh, even my opponents have recognized there's poor morale, and they said that they they've learned from the past. Uh, to me, they if if they have learned, uh, their lessons they shouldn't have had been learned because they should have been behaving in a way that would foster trust and 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 not get into the situation they have now, which is where they have to rebuild trust. Uh, Trust is something I always had with the employee groups when I worked because I was always open, I was always honest, 
And when we had tough budget times, and when I was working, we did have some really tough fiscal years, instead of me going to the board and saying, this is what I believe you should do in order to address the fiscal issues, I had meetings with the stakeholders in all the programs. And what we did was develop proposals. And then I brought the proposals to the board. And, and the board had the benefit of everybody's thinking. And so when the board made their decisions, there was community support, not what we saw with this board where they had the mock funerals and the protests and, and the continued unhappiness. So that's another important issue. Um, with your background working on the other side of the DS, if you will, um, how would you work with this staff to bring about some of these kind of changes in attitude, changes in procedure? Uh, what I would do, and, and it certainly takes time because, uh, to me, what, what you say has far less importance than what you do. And so it's the doing piece that, that is the piece that would bring about the change and would rebuild the bridges. And you do that by, you know, if you say to people that you're, you're open to hearing from them, then you need to be open. So if somebody calls you, somebody wants to meet with you, somebody sends you an email or a text, you respond. You, you, and you respond quickly. You don't just let it, you know, hang out there and, you know, in dead space for a while. Then you respond quickly. Uh, you, you get them the, uh, a resolution to whatever it is that they're, they're, they're seeking. Uh, or, or if you can't at that time, you share with them. You can't and why you can't and what you're going to do about it. And then you do it. As, as you have those kinds of experiences with people, again, over a period of time, what people see is that they're true to their word. They do deliver. They will follow through. And, and if you're in, you're changing your, t the, the total board behavior where you are including the stakeholders in the decision making process, once again, they're going to see that what you say has meaning. They're not empty words. And again, as long as you behave in a manner which says to people, uh, I, I will always do what I say I will do, then again, over time, you will rebuild the trust that's been broken. Now, your message thus far has had a real sense that the school board basically has been getting it wrong. <clears throat> um, you've given some ideas about that, but could you be more specific about ways of working that you would work or that should be worked that, uh, that would improve some of these situations and what they are? With respect to relationships? With respect or? to how the board is getting it wrong. I mean, it's kind of an open question, but... Well, I would, I would go back to some of the comments I had, I had made before. I think uh, that the board has not gone out of its way to have open communication with all the stakeholders. And I would do that, and I would do that, as I said, by, by publishing agendas online, by giving the backup materials, because the agenda item has little, little value without backup material, so that people can, can read what it is that's being proposed and not just getting it the night of a board meeting, which gives them little or no opportunity to prepare at all for, for, for uh, uh, that item. Uh, I would, would put, provide input or provide information in the school 
the local newsletters to inform parents of what's happening. I would hold meetings in the in the in the trustee areas again to to encourage and uh, enhance that involvement of people. Uh, I would hold board meetings in those areas again so that people can physically attend. Um, I would I would uh, set set the priorities. I would develop a new budgeting system or not even develop is not something you have to develop. It's, it's that I would, would utilize a different approach, but an approach that, that would, uh, include everyone working together cooperatively and collaboratively in mutual respect, not one where the board is all knowing and they tell everybody else what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And that's where, where I see this, this board has not been an open board. It's, it's not been a communicative board. It's not been a board that has respected employees. They, during the negotiation process with certificated and classified, the board and the superintendent basically took a position and then that was it. This is our position. A hard, you know, this hard line we're not moving from it. We're inflexible, and and it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, it, my experience is it doesn't have to be that way, and th- and that's a matter of choice. You you choose how you're going to behave. You choose how you're going to interact with people. Those are all conscious decisions, and the decisions that they've made. Uh, I think have not been the right ones. And, and again, it goes back to the reason why I decided I would run for board. Recently, we had a report that test scores are up. I've reviewed some district documents showing us uh, college entrance is very high <clears throat> uh, amongst our graduates. College uh, second-year retention in college is very high amongst. Um, in your opinion, how has the board done well? With respect to that question, as it relates to to student performance, there isn't a lot that I am personally aware of that they've done well. What I am aware of is that teachers have done well, and counselors have done well, and paraprofessionals have done well, but they've done well irrespective of the Board of Education. And that's and, and I believe that the board can have a, a, a better role, a more effective role. Uh, in in uh, uh, yesterday's uh, Citizen, it talked about this last cycle of, of test scores. You know, it said 43% met their API goals of the schools in Elk Grove. Yeah, that means that 67% of the schools didn't even meet their API goals. Uh, black and Latino students are 100 points behind all other ethnic groups. The district still is, is not meeting the target of having 90% of the kids graduate from high school. 78% of the kids in the district did not achieve or exceed proficiency in, in language and, and, and math skills. Uh, Twelve elementary schools are on an improvement program because the scores are so low. 
The positives are because of the staff. The negatives, I believe, are because of what the board has not been doing. The, the board constantly talks about achievement gap, and this latest report shows that the achievement gap is still there. They haven't taken proactive steps, in my opinion, to deal with that. They talk about it, but they don't do anything about it. With, with, uh, in terms, of, in terms of, of the achievement gap, you have to take a, a, a very proactive approach in recognizing the, the learning styles of the different populations. You have to be cognizant of the home environment and the strengths and the weaknesses that the parents have to assist their child in doing homework or even simply in setting up an environment where homework can be done. You have to work with community-based organizations to bring resources into the school that the school doesn't have. You have to get uh, black and Latino mentors that come into the school to work with kids as role models. You need to have a proactive approach in human resources to go out and recruit black and Latino teachers or nothing changes. Those are the kinds of things the board can do, those are the kinds of things the board should do, and those are the kinds of things the board hasn't done. And so I say what, what has been done to assist kids I put it on the back of staff. They, 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 the staffs are responsible for what has been done. The board is responsible for the things that have not been done, and there's a lot that's not been done, and there's a lot that could be done. Again, it's a matter of your priorities, it's a matter of your beliefs, and it's a matter of your, your willingness to do, do what you've been elected to do. There is a discussion about keeping politics out of the boardroom. Um, what do you see as the role of public opinion in your oversight of the district? Well, in, in terms of public opinion, uh, and, and I take it out of the, the political arena, uh, I think it's important. That, that's why I, I say that I would involve all stakeholders in the development of the priorities, involve them in the decision-making process. Getting, getting the input of the stakeholders is uh, uh, of, of most importance with, as, as a board. The politics from, from strictly the politi political issue, it should be kept out of the boardroom. But, but issues should be in the boardroom. Fiscal responsibility belongs in the boardroom. You know, people have, are different sides of what the fiscal responsibility means. But in terms of, of utilizing tax dollars to maximize student achievement and learning, that, that, that belongs in the boardroom. Um, um, if you look at board employee relationships, you don't have to deal with the union, non-union side of that. It's just the mutual respect, the openness, uh, the working together. So if public opinion says, oh, the unions are too strong, or public opinion says the board isn't working with the unions, what you need to do is ferret out of that, and again, through talking with people, well, you know, what, what is it that you mean? And, and to me, 
you know, you have two sides. You know, there are people certainly with respect to employees that think that the, the problem with the system is that the unions have gotten away with everything they've, they've hoped to achieve, and it's because of that we're in trouble. And others that think that unions aren't being treated fairly and that employees uh, uh, are, are on the short end of... of uh, pay and benefits and so on and so forth. So what, what for me, in, in terms of public opinion, becomes important is, is understanding why a, why a, a particular group's having a, a, a belief about a particular subject and, and then addressing that. And again, I think that if, if you change the whole way of doing things like, like I had discussed, mm-hmm. that, that a lot of that, over time, it, it goes away because people see that you're open that you're receptive, that you are going to involve everybody, not just select groups for select purposes, everybody all the time. And then you, you structure it so it can happen. You can say to people, oh, we're going, to, we're going to have a meeting on whatever. You've got to come to the district office all the time. It, it, you know, go to a board meeting. Uh, it, you know, there's not that many people there. You know, unless there's a presentation for something, you know, uh, recognizing FFA students for the achievement they've done at the state fair or, or in, in uh, stu- you know, student leadership uh, in, in the national organization. Then you can have a lot of kids and stuff. But generally, not a lot of people there because uh, it's not a receptive environment. I mean, even the layout is not a receptive environment, the physical layout. Uh, I've been in a lot of boardrooms. You know, I worked with 33 school districts, and never have I seen a boardroom where the board members sit so high and so far from the audience. I mean, that itself is a is a, a, a message. The physical layout is one that is is kind of standoffish. It's like you're down there, and when we're up here. So, I mean, I would even favor changing the whole boardroom to uh, to uh, uh, alleviate those perceptions of of separation. Now, um, most of your comments kind of lead me in the direction of hearing you as a what would amount to a dissenting voice on the board. You really you'd like to go there and really um, stand up for some things that you don't see, and you know potentially um, might not play that well. How do you feel about that? Well, if 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 uh, when I'm elected, and I and I was the only new person elected, it would be a tough job. I I I recognize that, but that would be okay with me because I'd be true to my beliefs, I'd be true to my principles, and I would keep those issues constantly on the table. My hope is that's not going to happen. My hope is that I will be elected. My my hope is that Steve Lee is going to be elected in Area Six. Uh, my hope is that James Leod is going to be elected in Area 1 and that with with new voices and hopefully uh, some receptiveness on the part of older board members that the change the change will happen. Uh, as a single person, yeah, it'd be really tough. Uh, but I would still do what I believe and I would, would uh, there's a lot that I could do without 
a majority of the board support. I could still go out into the community in the different areas. I could still meet with all the stakeholders. I st could still get uh, input. I could still meet with staff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I could do even if I were the only person doing it. Uh, I think what that would do is, is put pressure on the other board members to begin to change their own behaviors because they would see the benefits. I would hope they would see the benefits of that. Going back to candidates tonight and yeah. questions you weren't given the opportunity to answer. One was about alternative funding, and um, that was also a platform point for you on your, on your uh, Facebook page. What kind of examples of alternate funding would you like to see developed? Well, a as a board, and, and certainly uh, uh, what I'm going to share now, I, I see as key roles of the board. And, and roles that the superintendent should be a part of, an active part of, is development of foundations where you can generate funding from outside sources through the foundation. And foundations can be either general in nature or specific. You could have foundations to support science program. You could have foundation to support uh, uh, arts Program so they, they could be specific or be general to to the district and then and then the funding if it's if it's general to the district a foundation that's where to me the priorities come into play because then you utilize those dollars to fund those priorities that you might not otherwise have funding for so that's one thing you do uh, the economy is in a terrible place it's it's still slowly rebounding but I but I still believe there's a place where you can foster more business school partnerships. Uh, in, in this county, certainly, SMUD's been an active player in the schools. Uh, they continue to be an active player. I think there, the, you know, that if time is spent, that more of those kinds of partnerships can be fostered. So you know, there's that opportunity also. Uh, it was a, it, this is a non-funding uh, issue, but again, within, within the confines of what we're talking about, is the, is the development of a volunteer course that can go into the schools, either before school, during school, after school, and work with students, uh, all students, uh, with lower achieving students. Maybe it's tutoring. Maybe it's assisting in homework. Uh, with with uh, high achieving students, maybe it's specific areas uh, to challenge the student, like, like Lyceum does for students. Uh, for, uh, for, for, the, for kids that are in the middle, uh, just enhancement activities. I mean, there's things you can do. Uh, and uh, I think you, you put that together with uh, community colleges or, or the university, Sac State. Uh, at the high school level, kids have to do service hours. What better place to do service hours than in an elementary school, working with, with kids that, that need to have assistance? So those, those are, are, are the kinds of things that, that I think that the board could get out front in, in terms of, of supporting and participating in and working with the superintendent, who, who's, to me, one of, the, one of the roles of the superintendent is being that uh, is is that person who's visible in the community, is the the champion of the school, the advocate for the schools, 
the, the, the one who goes out to seek support of the larger community for the schools. But, but uh, I, I just think that the partnerships can be developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really believe that. What other roles do you see? I mean, there's various hats that seem to be worn by the school board members. What do you see there as the various hats that um, are needed to be worn by the school member, besides the school board member, besides just um, being a decision maker, being a, uh, part of that process? Well, I, I think that, that one, um, uh, you, you oversee the fiscal health uh, of the district, so that, that you need to be uh, cognizant of funding and what the status of that funding is going to be, so that as you uh, build budgets, uh, you you have resources necessary to cover those things that you uh, have prioritized and, and uh, uh, have your rainy day fund for emergencies that you, you, you might not see. Um, I, I believe that, that the board needs to, uh, one of the hats the board needs to, to wear uh, is, is one that, it sure, that ensures equality for all the kids in terms of their learning environments and what their needs are. In this district, you will see dramatic differences if you go to the north and, and the east, those schools don't look anything, or excuse me, the north and the west, those schools don't look anything like the schools to the south and the east. Uh, they don't have the resources. They don't have the parent involvement. They don't have the volunteers. They don't have the technology. Um, and they have a myriad of needs that that aren't necessary or as necessary in some of the areas. And, and you see those with the scores. The scores reflect the environments that the children come from. So I think the board has a, has a critical role in ensuring equality. And, that, and, and one of the, there's, a, there's ways to do that. Uh, and it takes courage to implement solutions to those problems. And, and, and I see that... Uh, that that would be a, a critical responsibility of mine to ensure equality across the schools. So you want you uninsured fiscal health, you want to ensure equality. One of my hats, certainly, you're the employer of the superintendent. Uh, and I think it's very important that the board uh, uh, evaluate the superintendent uh, based on the stated goals and uh, indeed if the superintendent is meeting those goals they stay and if they're not then you replace them with someone who uh, has the desire to do what it is that the board has set forth in their performance plans. So that's a critical role especially as it pertains to what I had shared about the role of superintending and assisting the board in generating those new funding sources. If you don't have somebody who's willing to be out there in the front line, uh, extending themselves to develop those partnerships, then 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 you have to look for somebody who can do that work. So, uh, fiscal health, community outreach, equality in the schools, uh, 
good employer employee relations those are all those are all important great um just to clarify something you said earlier you can i take that that you actually you are endorsing steve lee and james latoa for um school board yes okay i just want to be really clear on that um finally what future vision do you have for our kids For the kids, my, my vision for the kids is that all of the kids in the district would be successful. That all of the kids in the district would have the um, would have would have programs that are tailored to their individual learning needs, so that they could maximize their their individual abilities. That 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 education would not only include the traditional curriculum but would also include art activities sports activities we know research has been done for 100 years that besides providing a well-rounded education for children arts and sports is what keeps a lot of kids in school it keeps them doing well with the academics so they could participate in the other activities. So so I would have a vision where those programs that have been eliminated or restored, those that we still have are enhanced. But but bottom line is that from an educational perspective that the needs of all children are met and that the and that that then becomes incumbent certainly on uh, uh, on me as a board member to ensure that that the right decisions are made for the utilization of resources. Great. Well, I want to thank you very much yeah. for speaking with us oh, today. I appreciate having the opportunity. Our thanks to Carmen Forchina, candidate for EGUSD's Board of Trustees Area 7. We also have interviews with his opponents, Al Roulette and Teresa Beals. This is Radio Elk Grove. You've been listening to Radio Elk Grove, Radio Elk Grove is written and produced by Denny Gomez, who is solely responsible for its content. Music is written and created by Jason Elmore. Thanks for listening.